This program was produced at KUSP Central Coast Public Radio and KUSP.org. Welcome to the 7th Avenue Project here on Central Coast Public Radio, KUSP. I'm Robert Polly. Well, like everyone else today, I thought I'd take a holiday, which means offering up something a little different from the usual fare, if this show can be said to have a usual. I'm going to play a uh, live interview I recorded here at KUSP Studios last year with Rye Cooter. You've heard of him, I expect. Rye dropped by our studio with his latest CD. It's called I Flathead, together with a novella he wrote by the same name. They're the final piece of a project that he calls the California Trilogy. He's been working on it for the last few years. It consists of uh, three CDs and associated writings that reimagine bits of California history in song and story. The trilogy began with Chavez Ravine in 2005 and continued with My Name is Buddy in 2007. It culminated last year with I Flathead. And support for the 7th Avenue Project is from the Capitola Book Cafe. Capitola Book Cafe is a full-service bookshop and espresso bar specializing in author events. Open late next to the 41st Avenue Playhouse in Capitola. Well, just a few facts here on Rye Cooter's biography. For those of you, those few of you, I guess, who might think of him mainly as that guy who reunited the Buena Vista Social Club. Actually, he's got a very, very long background in music. Um, He emerged on the rock and blues scene back in the late 60s, made a name for himself as a slide guitar virtuoso. He played with Taj Mahal, Captain Beefheart, Van Morrison, Randy Newman, lots of others. He was a session player on a number of Rolling Stones albums and is said to have taught Keith Richards a thing or two about guitar. He's produced some classic film scores, like the music for Paris, Texas. But um, perhaps most people know him these days as kind of musical collector and explorer collaborating with fellow artists from around the world, from Cuba to Africa, and playing just about every style you can name, from folk to blues to Hawaiian to son, Norteño soul, gospel, country, even some African palm wine music. And you can hear a lot of those influences on the most recent album that we'll be discussing, uh, that you'll hear me discussing with Rai Cooter in this upcoming interview. And I want to note that this is a remix version of the original interview that we aired last year. It includes some longer excerpts from the songs from I Flathead. So here we go. Well, well, Ry, tell us, first of all, what this title, I Flathead, refers to. Well, everybody knows or should know that the Ford Motor Company designed and and uh, unleashed this, this Flathead V8 motor in 1932 and up until about 1954, and they made millions of these things. And they were zippy little motors so that the average Joe could go faster, and, and they thought that the average Joe would like to go fast. Didn't have a lot of money to spend. Fords were cheap cars, you know, but they, they, they could get up and move. Then after World War II and the technology that, was, uh, that, that, that had emerged like it usually does in wartime, um, folks, especially down in the Southern California area, but all around, especially all around California, were figuring out new ways to make these cars go faster, and a whole lot faster sometimes. And uh, at the same time, I-Flathead is, from this perspective, like, say, now, an obsolete notion. You know, it's, it's old technology, it's crap technology, and we've gone way beyond this with our Priuses and things and, and, uh, and so forth, but... The character in the story, one of the characters, whose name is Cash Buck, believes in this. He's, he sticks with it, you know. He's a guy who says, I liked it, this is what I know, and this is what I'm going to keep doing. So it's sort of a, it's just a sort of a rugged individualistic kind of a notion, I think, in an abstract way. So it refers to an engine design and a state of mind. I'd say so, yeah. It's like I flathead stripped down to that. And this guy, and the, the subtitle of the album is "The Songs of Cash Buck and the Clowns." That's right. Sure, it's it's Cash Buck and his little band, the Clowns. K, you know, Cash with a K, Buck with a K, Clowns with a K, <laughs> three Ks, uh, which is a thing that they invented in the fifties to spell everything with a K, candy and 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 cool, <laughs> cool cigarettes. You remember those? 
<laughs> and uh, so he is sort of the persona that uh, you're putting on uh, when you sing these songs. Well, um, I would say that I'm channeling Cash, you see. He's a character that came up to me as a, as a storyline. Him and his ex-wife and his, his crippled steel guitar player friend and, uh, and then the fellow that comes from outer space to join up. This um, is a this is an extraterrestrial named Shaky. Yeah, who he, fits right in? Well, sure, because he's good with tools, and he's he's <laughs> these people were do-it-yourselfers. <laughs> they don't buy things; they make things. You know, they make their own car, they fix their own plumbing. But this guy Shaky comes down, and he's got stuff they've never seen, and uh, and so Cash wants to befriend him. You know, help him out, help him to fit into society and all this. And in in any case, I don't think it's me at all. I think of me as just the I'm the conduit for it you know because i didn't i don't know why these people came to me i really don't i couldn't explain it oh that's too bad because i was going to ask you how that happened well we're just going to have to let the music uh, speak for itself for a moment here i'm going to play a track off of your new cd i flathead this is called waiting for some girl mm. well i was wrong and i was Yeah, that's a tune off of Ry Cooter's new CD, I Flathead. It's called Waiting for Some Girl. 
Rye, uh, you were singing lead on that, but uh, who was singing harmony? Me. Yeah, I was going to say you should keep that guy. Yeah, I like him. <laughs> he doesn't hit the right notes all the time, but it's got character. It's got, you know, it's like all these harmony singers. Let's, let's consider, uh, for instance, Johnny Paycheck, who started out singing harmony with Ray Price. You know, it's a beautiful sound. Yeah, yeah. Great thing, Harmony. Yeah, and Cash Buck, I was thinking the name sort of has a bit of Johnny Cash, a little sure. reference maybe to Johnny Paycheck. No, yeah. All these kind of guys. All these kind of guys, mm. sort of concerned with money. Um, we said yeah. earlier, <laughs> and, and the song has all the requisite things, you know, you want in that kind of rockabilly country song. You know, it's got feeling sorry for myself. That's I've been, right. I've been picked on, but a girl's going to pick me up. Mm -hmm, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. For a while. Yeah. Uh, we said at the beginning, this is part of a trilogy mm -hmm. of, of CDs, starting with uh, Chavez Ravine. Mm -hmm. The middle component was My Name is Buddy, and then now I Flathead. And uh, it's a very, um, what do we say, idiosyncratic look at uh, slices of California history? Well, it's, it's for me, you know, it's, uh, I'm going to say that anybody can make of it what they want. The idea of calling it a trilogy is a little Maybe it's a little clumsy, you know, because usually we think of trilogies as by the time you get to the third installment, you already know everything. So I wanted to avoid that. So that's why I introduced the alien. It says, you haven't seen this guy yet. But uh, it's only, it's only uh, a notion that I had about the time past. You see, California was once a different place, in L.A. in particular, as we know. And I grew up in the 50s, so I remember things. People like Cash Buck, I, I can remember the mood. There was a mood in the land once about having to do with solidarity and unity in the progressive uh, milieu, or, or shall we say the unions of yore. That's the Buddy. That's buddy the Cat is a, is a fellow who, you know, he longs for this. He, he, he'd, he'd like to re... He'd like to, he'd like to find unity somewhere he's looking for it this is uh my name is buddy the, my name is buddy the yeah. middle cd which sort of harks back to dust bowl migrants uh mm -hmm. labor organization yeah. uh working class activists but he's a cat that's uh, right the, he's, he's a simple-minded cat, cat but he, he he he's sort of terse but he can he's looking for these things and the chavez ravine of course will will tell you a little story about the loss of community having to do with the uh here comes the creeping chain store corporate, uh, you know, avalanche or tide sweeping over these people who lived and, and farmed in the little urban environment of Los Angeles and so forth. People up here in Santa Cruz know something about that, I think. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, in, in that case, in, in Los Angeles, it was a, uh, a Mexican-American uh, neighborhood or a set of neighborhoods that were sort right. of bulldozed uh, in a kind of urban renewal project that became uh, Dodger Stadium. That's right. That's yeah. right. It's, it's a process we all know a lot about. I think we live in these communities. We have to watch. And as Buddy says, watch out for your tree because first they take the tree. Then they put all, they'll put a high rise where the tree was. And uh, if you don't, if you're not diligent and watchful and, and, you know, and committed to this kind of a protection well, the, you know, like Buddy says, you wake up the next day and it's gone. But as I say, people up here, I think they, they have a strong sense of this. Now, each of, the, each of these CDs has tremendous... Have. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> now, each of these CDs has a tremendous variety of music. I would almost say everything but the kitchen sink kind of right. uh, production. And I mean that in a good way. Sure. Uh, Cash Buck himself, uh, the, the main character on the latest CD, says of this album... You got your hard times, your good times, a dog story for your animal lovers, and a forbidden race love song, which every record ought to have at least some of. You're going to meet the ghost Nixon, the drag racer, plus a bonus Red Scare specialty for all you politically-minded highbrow foot stompers out there. I felt it was important to include a circus story, since most people agree the circus is a mirror of life itself. And you can't say you got a record album unless there is a selection of honky-tonk, heartache, ballads. So I took care of the ballad chores for you, too. <laughs> so all that's on this album. Unfortunately, we're only going to be able to offer glimpses of it. But I want to do, give another glimpse right now. Cars are a big part of this. Um, Cash Buck and his friends enjoy uh, racing out on the Salt Flats yes. near Death Valley. Mm -hmm. And uh, here's a song in which um, I guess the, uh, the point is haggling over a car. This is Fernando Says. <laughs> this has a little bit of a cumbia sound to it. Well, it's a it's a mechanics uh, mechanics in L.A. You know are, are usually Mexican and South American, Central American out in North Hollywood, where all those little sheds are, and they all listen to cumbia all the time. <laughs> you drive out there to get your 
car fix, this is what you're going to hear. But this guy's a real guy. Fernando is Fernando, and he he wins every argument. <laughs> well, let's go. This is Cash Buck arguing with Fernando over a car. For people who buy this album, they'll get to hear the whole argument with Fernando uh, winning in the end over the car prize. Um, who played Fernando on that? Fernando is played by Fernando, uh, <laughs> full name Fernando Ruelas. He's a, he's a, actually what he is, longshoreman, career longshoreman down in, in L.A., but he's a lowrider specialist and a, to call him a mechanic, he's more of a car brain surgeon than a mechanic. As we say, cars play a big part in this latest release of yours. By the way, my guest is Ry Cooter, here live at KUSP Central Coast Public Radio. And uh, were you a car lover growing up in uh, Santa Monica? Oh, well, sure. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> what do you drive? Well, I have a Toyota. <laughs> oh, no. But, I mean, <laughs> in, back in the day, you know, I had all the magazines, and I looked at the pictures and loved those hot rods and custom cars, and I was crazy about all that stuff. Still am. Your your album I Flathead has a fantastic picture on the cover. It's mm -hmm. uh, it's Dean Batchelor, Dean Batchelor, hot rodding legend. Oh yeah, in a kind of custom car somewhere in the Salt Flats. Well, that's out at El Mirage Dry Lake in the first Streamliner, and he built that car. He put a sixty cubic inch tiny little flathead motor and went two hundred and twenty nine miles an hour. Was that a land speed record at that time? It was. Can you imagine? No safe, no safety belt, no uh, roll bar or anything. No. Not a helmet. But that was it. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you mentioned that uh, UFOs also play a part in this. Mm -hmm. Actually, UFOs crop up in Chavez Ravine, the first uh, installment of the California mm -hmm. trilogy, and then they're back in in uh, I Flathead. We've got a character here who is uh, an extraterrestrial, mm -hmm. and he uh, also as well. good mechanic. Oh, and Buddy as well? Oh, of course. Buddy, Buddy's and, and his friend and Lefty and Tom Toad are rescued by a, uh, a female uh, extraterrestrial who's looking, who wants to go to Hollywood, wants to know how to get there, and she gets them out of there just in time for the coyotes eat them. <laughs> That's right. I'm, I'm glad you reminded me of that. Mm -hmm. um, so what is it with you and UFOs, huh? Well, I think it's, um, it's, a, handy, it's a handy idea because the UFO 
the, the, the alien comes down and has another point of view, has another reference, and so therefore you can say things. I mean, the alien gets to make observations and, and say things about Earth life, you know, that, uh, that would otherwise be confusing. And there's a current concern throughout these... Uh, I don't want to confuse anybody. <laughs> I was going to say, there's a concern throughout these CDs with, with, with aliens in the sense of, uh, you know, outsiders, mm -hmm. uh, immigrants, and others as right. well. Sure. Yeah. Oh, well, that's also true. I mean, the whole Chavez Ravine story could be, could be viewed as, as, the, as an alien attack on the people that live there, mm -hmm. I mean, the bulldozers in City Hall and the mm -hmm. FBI and the, and the police and everybody that got into it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, as, you, as Cash Buck said earlier in that piece I read by him, uh, this, uh, the, this album has a little bit of everything, including a forbidden race love song. Mm -hmm. There is a, a sort of forbidden uh, uh, relationship in the novella, I Flathead, that accompanies the CD between uh, the extraterrestrial and an Earth girl. That's Which right. I believe right. was illegal in California at that time. I'm sure it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah you you couldn't get away with it. Well, <laughs> in the in the honky tonk, they had these wonderful songs, usually GI songs about girlfriends from conquered, you know, nations. Mm. Uh, 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 Filipino baby by Ernest Tubb. Bobby Helms had um, Fraulein, and Pretty Geisha Girl, which I think was Hank Lachlan. And of course, in those songs, they couldn't get away with it. Or, or, or probably they couldn't. You know, they had to go back home and, and leave these girls, and they, they regretted it. But in this case, Cash Buck simply says, screw you to the congregation who, uh, who don't approve. And he says, I, I'm, you know, I'm happy with my Filipino dance hall girl, which in L.A. in those days, your Filipino was on the bottom of the social ladder, mm. really. Uh, you know, worse treated than Chinese. And... Uh, and they had their dance halls downtown, now long gone, and they had their their little scenes, and um, and it was pretty rowdy, I think. But it's where Cash likes to go, and you know, for relaxation. Well, let's hear Cash singing about that very subject. This is a tune called "Filipino Dance Hall Girl." <laughs>
tune, tune there called Filipino Dancehall Girl from the new CD by my guest, Ry Cooter, here on KUSP Central Coast Public Radio. Um, well, there is a lot of Cuban sewn in that piece. Yeah, that's... that's you draw on your experience with the Buena Vista Social Club? For yeah, of course. To, I, I actually was able to learn how those tunes go, you know, the roadmap for those kind of songs. And, and thanks to the, uh, the good times down there and being helped out. <laughs> so uh, it came in handy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, listening to uh, your work over the years, and, and certainly in these last three CDs, you just hear so many different genres sort of mixed up together. You know, you'll hear a rockabilly tune, but then you'll hear some mariachi horns come in there. You know, you'll hear this guy, Cash Buck, who's really kind of a, what is he, kind of a Southern California hillbilly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. he's got Cuban sewn mixed sure. in there. Sure he does. So, so what's your concept here? You're not one of those purists who's always looking to make something sound exactly like it did in the past. Well, American music is a hybridized or morphing, constantly morphing thing isn't it? I mean, this is what mm-hmm. Americans do to everything. Mm-hmm. And in L.A., it certainly was true. I mean, you had your you had your border Southerners coming out to, if, if you know, in the Dust Bowl and after to work in defense plants in the shipyards, and they liked their their Western swing and uh, and their uh, you know Capitol Records started recording this kind of music with people like Merle Travis and Speedy West and they up they sped up the tempos and they had jazz musicians to play the rhythm in the rhythm section. Roy Hart was usually the drummer, and uh, this kind of jet propelled hillbilly music ensued. Um, Mexican immigrants lived in black neighborhoods because it was the only neighborhood they could live in. This was from the 30s on. And um, Richard Berry with Louie Louie is, is the perfect example. I mean, he said, he told me, well, he used to go to salsa gigs. And he heard, don, 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 And the rest is history. I mean, that's a, that's a Los Angeles song. Or you have Don Tosti, the uh, Pachuco band leader, going to jazz theory school with Mingus. They were friends, you know. And that's the L.A. musical Experience is what I think of it as being. So I, I'm trying to propose here in these records, you know, that that's just fine, and that's how things go. It's perfectly natural. Mm-hmm. And you're listening to the Seventh Avenue Project on KUSP. I'm Robert Polly, and on this holiday edition of the show, we're hearing an encore of a live interview I did last year with Rye Cooter. More of that in just a moment. And support for the 7th Avenue Project is from Dominican Medical Foundation, offering a woman's health and lifestyle expo, Care Comes First, at the Hilton Santa Cruz on Thursday, April 30th, from 5.30 to 9 p.m. Details and registration information available at mycarecomesfirst.org And now back to this conversation from last year with musician Ry Cooter discussing his California trilogy a trip through California's past and musical cultures from Chicano to jazz to blues to rockabilly. When we spoke Ry had just released the third and final piece of that trilogy, a CD called I Flathead. We talked and listened to songs from the album, which like most of Ry's work weaves together all manner of musical and cultural traditions. Now, now I'm interested in your relationship to all this, all these influences as a guy who grew up in Santa Monica in the the 50s and 60s. um, You wrote in the the notes to Chavez Ravine, the, the first CD in this trilogy, I never liked the grid of Santa Monica streets, the sidewalks and little lawns or the tracked houses we lived in that looked like they had all sprouted up in a day. It was too flat, it lacked history and mystery, and that bothered me. Mm-hmm. Smog appeared in Santa Monica in 1955, and Johnny Cash appeared on Radio KXLA, which was good. I had a 78 record album by Roy Rogers called Lore of the West. Roy and his buddies sang Western songs and told Western stories, all much more interesting than my life was at the time. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you know, you're, you're the classic case of uh, the kid sort of dreaming... Uh, of of other places and oh, yeah. other well when Johnny cultures. Cash came on the radio the first 
tune of his I heard was, hey, Porter. And he's going back south where he's from, and he says, get my bag, I smell the cotton fields, and I'm thinking, well, I see that. I can, I can certainly see that. This music is it's where I had found this radio station that played all this country western honky-tonk. All these tunes were visual and, and story-based, you know. Uh, Ray Price or, or what it was, uh, Bob Wills or so-and-so. And you sure could you sure could visualize all these things, and so I got really hooked. And when uh, about the time Ray Price came out with "My Shoes Keep Walking Back to You," de- that did it. I thought, well, that's the that's the life you want. That's the sound to make. That's the the rhythm to be in, and the notion of this man whose body's so out of control that his eyes are searching and his arms are searching and his feet are walking and he's not in control of himself and it's just kind of psychotic, you know, but rocking like crazy with that conky-tonk beat. So I thought what I'm going to do is learn to do that and I want to be in Ray Price's band. And if if I'm lucky enough, I can learn automobile pinstriping on the side and make a little money. And none of that ever worked out. But it's the kind of stuff I used to think about. Mm-hmm. Sit around and think about it, and the teacher would come by in the desk and in fourth grade or fifth grade, you'd say, what are you doing? What are you staring out the window for? We're on page 10. Open your book to page 10. <laughs> and I'd say, well, I already read all that. You're lying. <laughs> You're supposed to be reading with us. Go to the office. Well, there, <laughs> it's interesting because there's a line in one of these songs by the... Uh, the fictional cash buck in this in in your CDI flathead that talks about the advent of uh, Johnny Cash yes. being a boy in LA mm-hmm. hearing Johnny Cash and dreaming of Folsom Prison uh, Prison referring to uh, Johnny Cash's song Folsom Prison mm-hmm. Blues but instead of the character in that song who hears the train coming and then wishes he was on it and uh, those people keep on moving and that's what tortures him you have your character say um, but all that I could see was West Pico Boulevard, and that's what tortured me. Well, we lived a block from Pico on 34th Street, down the street from the aircraft factory, and uh, and that was it. Pico was it. There was nothing more to it. I mean, let me tell you, it's pretty bleak, and I uh, I didn't like it. But then one day I was sitting out in front of our little ratty little duplex, uh, and uh, with my guitar, I was probably about 10 years old, and a fella came walking along in dungarees and a cap and his lunchbox and his red wing shoes as I recall him and uh, he stopped and hey boy he goes let me see that guitar it was a nice guitar it was a Martin 0018 you know like a young person's nice acoustic and he pulls out a flat pick and he proceeds to play Wildwood Flower at Joe Mafa's speed do dee do dee dee do dee dee do it's fantastic and then he's that's a real nice guitar and he and he's and he gives me the thing back and he puts his flat pick in his pocket and he kept walking so i thought wow they're everywhere these people i don't know this guy and i don't know where he's coming from but it i i have this i had this sense that this music was just out of reach but it wasn't too far away and on the radio they would say y'all come down the riverside range i'm gonna see merle travis speedy west joe mapis and all these people, I said, you know, they're somewhere in this town. Like the Barris brothers making these custom cars D- down in Southgate. They're somewhere. But I can't get there, but I know they're nearby. You did, you, did you find them? Never did. Never did? No, because by the time I got a car and was able to get mobile and move around, it had all disappeared. Uh-huh. That was in the 60s, and f- as we all know, folk rock was ascendant in country. A friend of mine, uh, Paul Warnick, a steel player, reckons that country music began its its decline uh, right when they outlawed smoking in bars, and you couldn't have that experience, the right kind of experience. Therefore, the music suffered. Therefore, And they were trying to make more money in Nashville and, and reach a wider audience, you know, and clean up the act, unfortunately. Well, here's a song that that harks back to that golden age. Uh, It is from your new CD, like the others we played. CD is called I Flathead. The artist is Ry Cooter, and the song is called 5,000 Country Music Songs. Mm. I started writing country songs. 1962 Just a dream that I 
had on my mind. Now my girl and I got married in 
I, I'm not as uh, pessimistic as this fellow in the song, but he's very optimistic as a as a person. I'm more pessimistic than mm. Buddy, so I'm somewhere in between mm. Buddy and the guy in the <laughs> five thousand. <laughs> it's, you uh, you often sing. In fact, I'd say, correct me if I'm wrong, but but mostly sing as a character. I mm. mean, your songs are character songs. That's right. And you put yourself in the shoes uh, of someone maybe you've never met, maybe you've imagined, uh, and sing from that perspective. Is that more comfortable for you than, say, singing from the perspective of Ry Cooter? Oh, please. <laughs> it, was, it, w it was a problem I had for years. Where am I in all this? And when I was able to imagine a character in times past, you know, I'd, I think I did better. And I certainly enjoyed it. Then in Chavez Ravine, it all came to me. This is the, this is the whole shot with that UFO tune, and I thought, okay, so we're, we're, it's an acting job, sort of, you might say. Mm. And then the whole thing was clarified, you mm. know, mm. and I not really liked it. Mm. Instead of sort of struggling and at odds with the situation, which, you know, you may, you may regret. I mean, uh, some of these things, you, these darn records follow you around for the rest of your life and never go away. And you keep thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, I didn't get there at all with that one. Good idea, bad execution mm. sometimes. It kind of, kind of plagues a person. But now I find I'm having a better time because, as in the case with this cash buck, I read this, I wrote the story first. So because I thought, how am I going to depict any of this as a song? You keep running into Merle Travis no matter what you do. Because <laughs> he wrote the book. I mean, he, he put it all out there. And Harlan Howard did too, and Willie Nelson did too, and certainly. And, and so many people. But then I thought, okay, so the answer lies somewhere else. So let's try something different. So I wrote the story. And, that just seemed very natural, and then I got enough of the characterization down. So as I thought, okay, the songs are going to emerge from this, like the Pinko Boogie song and the, the dog song. Mm -hmm. That it, seemed pretty, pretty, pretty easy. Once you, once you knew who these people were, you knew what they sounded like and what they had to say and stuff. Now, for, for us uh, listeners, I think these songs uh, carry us away to you know, another place, another time. Oh, good. Yeah, do they do the same for you? Yeah, well, sure. I want to. I want to be. T see, I think this whole notion that you go and watch TV or something and see yourself up on the screen is appalling. Uh, I don't get that. I, I always thought, you know, stories, narrative, um, uh, uh, books, you know, films, ought to uh, were at their best. They're about things people you don't know, experiences you've never had. For heaven's sake. Isn't that, isn't that what it's for? That's what I read it for. So I thought, well, I'm going to really try to do that, and, uh, and I like to do it. And I like, if this was a book I found and a story that I have found somewhere, you know, I'd be very happy about it. I mean, I don't expect people to, well, we don't know anything about car racing in the salt. Well, I don't either. I never did that. But, but it's, a, it's a mysterious notion, you know, like the picture on the cover sort of shows you. It's empty and strange, and the big ants are out there, perhaps, and the, mm -hmm. the aliens lurking out there in the desert. You mm -hmm. know? Why not? Or in Long Beach, where they end up mm -hmm. in the trailer park. Well, we've been talking a lot about uh, the California Trilogy. We've only played examples from the latest installment of the trilogy, but let's, uh, let's go back to the previous mm -hmm. volume. That is, My Name is Buddy. We've talked about Buddy the Red Cat, who's the principal character in this story. He's a folk-singing, traveling cat. Uh, left-leaning politically well he's trying to learn about the he wants to learn about life and tom uh rather uh, lefty mouse wants to teach him lefty's a, a teaching mouse you know jewish daily forward mouse and he wants to sh teach him the way of the bosses and the working man and the we all have to get together in the woody guthrie way and this is the message buddy's you know looking for is what he's interested in so we're going to play a song off of that album my name is buddy the song is one you alluded to earlier three chords and the truth
Three Chords and the Truth from Ry Cooter's mm -hmm. previous CD, My Name is Buddy. We're talking about all three of his most recent CDs, all of which form the California Trilogy. So, so Ry, that, mm -hmm. uh, that song pays tribute to, to three musical rebels. There's Joe Hill, a uh, labor activist who uh, many say was, uh, well, he was executed, many say, on trumped-up murder charges right. back in the early part of the 20th century. Paul Robeson, the great civil rights activist and singer and actor who spent a lot of his later years in exile, mm -hmm. uh, hounded out of the country. Mm -hmm. And then Pete Seeger, who survived a little better than the other two. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that song, though. Well, well, there was the Harlan Howard notion, three chords in the truth and through the buddy mind, you know, the mind of buddy. And uh, <laughs> it's where he meets Cash Buck, by the way. They, if you know the record and the drawing wonderful little picture by Vincent Valdez. He, he goes into the bar and wants to sit in. Mm. Cash Buck, the bartender comes over and Cash Buck tells the bartender to go to hell. He's not there to, you know, for, you know, it, it, red, singing cats, that's ridiculous. You know, he didn't sign on <laughs> for that. <laughs> I should jump in and explain that for listeners who just joined us, this, this CD, uh, My Name is Buddy, is, is, is basically sung by a character, uh, a red cat named named Buddy, mm -hmm. um, and uh, he meets up with another character who, who, who really gets his own day in the sun in the latest album, that is Cash Buck, who's on uh, the latest album, I Flathead. All these stories intertwine. All oh, these, sure, yeah. But you didn't, yeah. you didn't know where you were going from, from the start, did you? Well, I actually started working on the, the written story, the Cash Buck written story during Chavez Ravine. It, it was, I was messing with it, you know. Uh huh. But then I found out about Buddy the Red Cap because a, a friend sent this photograph of Buddy. It was a death notice that he had died. And this photograph of him it was a real cat. And I thought, well, look at this face, you know, this sad face. And he's a weather-beaten tomcat, you know. And, and it all came to me. And so I called. The, it was from Red Cat Records in Vancouver, Canada. And this was their mascot, you know. And I called him on the phone. And I said, because there was a phone number on this sheet of paper, and I said who I was and that, and I said, well, tell me a little about him. He said, well, we found him in, uh, in the alley sleeping in a suitcase. So I said, all right, I'm going to get back to you. So I worked on Buddy for about a year. The, the whole thing sort of blew up in my mind how to tell it and what, what it might mean. Then I went back to Cash Buck, and I, when Buddy was done and so forth, and I looked at the uh, story I had written, I said, well, this is good. I'm going to go ahead and do some more of this and, and work it out a little and uh, shape it up a little, and then I'll try these songs. But uh, I had thought about Cash Buck a little before, so when Buddy, I thought it was amusing to have Buddy want to sing because it was actually the picture of him on the stool with the microphone in the Nike. I mean, I thought, isn't that terrific? Wouldn't you like to have that happen? You're referring to these illustrations. The illustrations. That, yeah. that, that, mm -hmm. uh, of which there are many in the CD. Yeah. Uh, My name is Buddy. Beautiful illustrations. Nice drawings, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, all these CDs have this sort of a, a handmade quality. Um, you, I imagine, had a hand in everything on them. Not only do you play most of the, the music, um, along with some great collaborators, but uh, I imagine you selected the art, wrote the stories, everything. Yeah, sure. You produced them, of course. Well, we even, me and Martin Pradler, the engineer, we even designed all these things, basically, uh -huh. you know, on the computer. You can do everything now. Uh -huh. Do it <laughs> and, all in your house. And, and each of these songs in, in all three of the uh, albums has this... Um, they all have their own sort of recording flavor. They all have their own sound. In some cases... It's it's mm -hmm. it's real old sounding. Like three chords in the truth has that sort of I mean distorted sound, right? Right. right. Yeah. And uh, uh, on um, on Chavez Ravine, you 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 did uh, you did a remake of the classic uh, Chuco Suaves yes. with Lalo Guerrero, the mm -hmm. irreplaceable hero of mm -hmm. Chicano music, who died a couple of years ago. And you gave it this old dance hall feel. Well, exactly. We yeah. recorded in a little auditorium. It was an Elks Hall auditorium, and and trying to make it sound like you had wandered into this Mexican-American neighborhood and, you know, where the dance hall was. And, and I thought, that's neighborhood, that's community, you know, let's make it do that. And so uh, I really worked hard to make that something you might sense, you know, you might hear in it. And uh, we're about out of time, but I want to play one more track off of I Flathead uh, that again captures a kind of period feel. This is called Little Trona Girl. Why don't you give us a brief description of this? And also, the, the sound, I don't know, is it Sun Studios kind of sound? Yeah. Well, no, Joaquin, my son Joaquin, is, um, he's very adept at, at making these little sound environments out of samples of stuff 
from the past that he finds, you know, sometimes it might be a cassette of mine or something we've done in Cuba. And he's, he's very good at, at uh, re, restructuring these things. And so he knew I was working on Cashbook. And he knew Cashbook had something to do with cars. So it's sort of the sound, it's almost an industrial musical sound. Or imagine a motor idling slow. Uh, we're talking down. about the rhythm track. Well, let's, yeah. let's hear that. Um, little Trona Girl from I Flathead by my guest, Ry Cooter. Sung by Juliet Commagere because she's the little Trona girl. Aha, uh-huh, from the town of Trona. Yeah. All right. Just a small excerpt there of Little Trona Girl from I Flathead by my guest Ry Cooter. That one takes me back to a time I never lived. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Ry, it has been a real pleasure, and I want to thank you again for coming in. Thank you, Robert. And that was an interview recorded last year live with Ry Cooter discussing his most recent CD, I Flathead. This is the 7th Avenue Project. I'm Robert Polly, and that wraps up another show. I'll be back next week. And why don't we go out on a song that was mentioned earlier but not played. This is... Los Chucos Suaves, the remake by the great Lalo Guerrero. Antes se baila de swing, boogie woogie, jitterbug. 
pero eso ya torció y esto es lo que sucedió. Los grupos suaves bailan rumba, bailan la rumba y le zumba, bailan guarachas sabrosón. Montecito y el danzón, los chucos suaves bailan rumba, baila la rumba y le rumba, baila guaracha sabrosón, el botecito y el danzón. You're listening to Central Coast Public Radio, KUSP, Santa Cruz, and KBDH San Ardo. We're streaming and podcasting at KUSP.org. California Rural Legal Services is a statewide nonprofit law firm providing free legal services to low-income persons in landlord-tenant law, public benefits, fair housing, and public education. Offices are at 501 Soquel Avenue, Suite D in Santa Cruz, and 21 Carr Street in Watsonville. Information is available at 458 1089 or 724-2253. And Central Coast Energy Services offers weatherization services to eligible low-income residents in Santa Cruz, Monterey, San Benito, and South Santa Clara counties. Money-saving services include a refrigerator replacement program, window and door replacement, weather stripping, CFLs, and much more. Please call Central Coast Energy Services at 1-888-728-3637 for an application. Well, I'm signing off for now. Coming up next is Brett Taylor. The spirit continues. Y el botecito y el danzón.